Welcome everybody to episode number 42. We want to give a big thank you to last week's guest Tanya Hampton for being on the show. We were very honored to have her on the show and share her love and passion for, of course, Lewis Hamilton and collecting F1 racing cards, amongst other things, and for sharing with us on how she's gotten to where she is today with her, the love of her parents and the kindness of strangers. If you haven't watched and or listened to last week's show, you should definitely check it out. It's one of those really feel-good stories. Tanya is one you really want to follow if you haven't been already. Amit. So tonight's uh, guests, our group of guests, we have one in the in the studio right now. One is, unfortunately had technical issues, but we'll bring him on after. Um, this is a bucket list item for myself. Uh, for those of you who've been following our show, you know, the theme of our show is about diversity, inclusivity, and we try to tell you the, those stories through our collections, right? So we use our collections as a vehicle to tell the story. And at the root of all of our collections in the game, it's a passion for the game. So in my case, I'm an avid hockey play, uh, a fan. I, I transitioned from playing uh, from playing days to coaching Tyke, novice and Adam, level hockey player for our local league here in the GTHL. Kent's done the same up in Sudbury. I'm originally from Newfoundland, so we're small town boys at heart. Um, Kent and I were often the only minorities playing hockey in our respective towns, and I remember that vividly. Uh, I wish to grow up wondering, you know, was there anyone else like me until I saw Robin Bauer got his cup of coffee in the NHL with, I think, the Ducks, I believe, and I, that uh, he got up in the NHL with. And I remember I couldn't get enough of it. I was, like, looking for newspapers to find out who this kid was. Our next uh, set of guests have started a quite an interesting journey in that they created an ice hockey program directed at developing hockey talent in a South Asian community. You may wonder, but these guests have nothing to do with hockey cards and collecting yet. The opposite is true. They're helping grow the footprint of South Asian kids in hockey. And you may never know, you might end up collecting cards of their kids one day. Or even better, they may even have other South Asian kids collecting hockey cards of their favorite South Asian player. So enough talking. Let's bring up our uh, our guests. Hey, Lolly. Hey, Lolly. Hey, me. Hey, Kent. How you doing? Pretty good. It's getting chilly out here in Edmonton, so uh, I think it's hitting like minus thirteen. So I think the winter boots are about to come out. But hey, when it when it starts snowing and when it starts dipping down to that level, uh, the out, outdoor rinks start opening up. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Now you're talking. Well, you and you and Kent have more. Con- well, actually, no. Being a newfie, it was pretty cold, so we got to play hockey a lot earlier than most. Um, so I want to first say hello to Dennis, who's come to watch our show. Dennis, hello, Dennis. Caller. He's always here watching our show. We have Name, who's in Indigenous hey. cards. Um, Lali, you may not know. I've heard of him, but he collects uh, Indigenous uh, rookie cards of hockey players. So he's got That's a fairly awesome. big following himself. Um, we have uh, Eric Sanderson to Orr, our fellow Hello, Eric. From, from Boston. Oh, look, Tanya's here. Oh, Tanya, Tanya. Awesome. Hey, Tanya. Uh, Tanya was our guest last week talking about Formula One cars and getting nerdy with us on Formula One and racing stuff. I'll never know. And Chris Wu, who's Asian hockey card collector. Hello, uh, Chris. He's here as well. And he was also one of our guests. Oh, we might have Dampy. Is he coming on? There hey, go. hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? We didn't even coordinate our hoodies, but we didn't. I, I I just wore this just because chilly, right? <laughs> we never coordinate anything, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, that's half the battle. Worn... Yeah. You, you you look good without trying. That's that's the thing here. <laughs> we try, I guess. Give me a second here. All right. No worries. So wanna. 
for those of us uh, who aren't familiar with Opna Hockey, which one of you uh, can take this question? But tell us a bit about what is Opna Hockey? What is the story of Opna Hockey, and uh, what it what did it take to get it off the ground? Uh well, Opna Hockey is something that uh, so I grew up here in Edmonton, Alberta, playing uh, hockey. Uh, my parents are immigrants from India. Uh, my dad came in the early '80s. And something was happening in Edmonton in the early 80s. Something called Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, the Edmonton Oilers winning Stanley Cups. So he kind of fell in love with the game through that and just saw how crazy the, the town got, right? And when I was born in 1992, four years later, uh, put me in ice hockey of all things, right? Which is very odd for an immigrant family to do, especially, you know, working a couple jobs. Um, it definitely wasn't easy, right? And the second I got onto the ice, um, Actually, uh, I started thriving on the outdoor ice, right? I uh, was a really good skater, started playing with some of the best talent in Edmonton from the 1992 age group. And I felt that, you know, throughout my career, even at a very young age, like I started realizing, you know, I definitely don't look the same. I'm being treated very differently. Um, and as, you know, I progressed and started playing AAA here in Edmonton minor hockey, um, it, wasn't def- it wasn't an easy um, experience for me. It was very lonely. It was... Um, isolating uh just it was just me and my dad kind of navigating through it right and that's what made it so difficult um i never you know I've, I've played with players that are currently playing in the nhl currently playing pro hockey and i feel like i i'm not saying i would have made it to that level but i think i would have you know played at a certain level um or even maybe got a scholarship out of it um but just never had a mentor right a mentor like uh, my co-founder daps who is one of the first pro south asian hockey players um, you know, that played after Robin Bala broke the kind of the South Asian color barrier in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so I, I stopped playing at the age of 19, was trying out for a local college team here. After that, focused on academics, did my science degree from the U of A. And then at the age of 25, I was about to get into the MBA program, Master's of Business, Business Administration program at the U of A. I always had this idea of, you know, how can I give back? I had such a bad taste in my mouth from, you know, playing and kind of being the only, you know, ethnic minority playing at those levels. How could I give back so kids didn't have to go through the same experiences I did, right? And that's kind of where Apana Hockey was born. Apana in Punjabi means our hockey. And mm-hmm. it was just an idea. And it, it was in my head for a few years and, until, you know, got into the NBA program. And in April 2017 is when we kind of just, you know, did, did, did our first event. Um, started up an Instagram page, very similar to like collecting hockey cards. Um, I guess this is like the new way of collecting hockey cards, just posting on social media. Um, I just started posting about, you know, players that are playing at a prominent level and uh, players that are, you know, just showcasing them. And that's where it kind of, uh, I think it uh, grabbed Dampy's attention. And then he ended up giving me a call, answered it right away. And then we kind of met in Red Deer and talked over, you know, this first camp is coming up. Uh, we wanted to market it. And I mean, I, I, I knew of Dance from a little bit before. Like, I obviously heard his name and knew that he did play at a very high level. Um, I thought it was just a match kind of made in heaven, right? I mean, Dance is 16 years older than me, and that's someone I desperately needed growing up, you know, someone that could, you know, be that mentor. And, you know, from there, it's just kind of take, take, taking a life on its own. Um, it's definitely been uh, quite the ride. I mean, after, you know, so many different collaborations, NHL award, um, it's just been, uh, it's been quite the experience. 
It's actually an enjoyable one because once our friend Chris introduced me to you guys on Instagram, I started following you more. And at first I was like, what are these guys all about? But then yeah, I realized you're everywhere. I was like, oh, wow. And then, you know, we'll get into this later. But Dampy, you did work with Haley Wickenheiser, who's also one of my idols, um, you know, and so on and so forth. But I don't want to get into that yet. Let's go into the order of the stories. So we've broken it down by player. Uh, first, we'll start off with Lolly. So Lolly, I want to ask you, fun thing being South Asian, parents and, and family is everything, right? And part of one of the things I thought of when you said you felt a bit alone, like, you know, we need a family, especially with our culture. Our family means everything. And without that, it's kind of harder to to foster kind of that togetherness. So before we get into that, just tell us a bit about your parents and their story in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so my dad's the uh, youngest uh, out of uh, three older sisters, so four total. Um, he left India at the age of 18, 19 to come over here uh, and join his eldest sister. And um, yeah, he came here, went to school for a bit, kind of dropped out and then just started working. Uh, he was here for about 10 years before he married my mom uh, in 1990. And then uh, I was born a, a couple or even I think right away. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, like my dad, what he's gone through, you know, obviously he felt, you know, very uh, going through, you know, being an immigrant, working hard, um, he started out as, you know, carpenter and I think yeah. every kind of trade in the, in the toolbox and kind of worked his way up to a certain point where he could have his own business. He went through, you know, taxi cabs to, you know, finally a liquor store and he worked hard, you know, throughout his, uh, throughout when he got here. And I think that's just a testament to kind of immigrant families, right? They start, mm -hmm. they come here with nothing and they're able to provide, you know, their family with so much right and so many different opportunities and like for me personally i can't even imagine just live you know leaving canada today and just you know going to a different country and starting from scratch right so um a lot of respect obviously goes towards our parents and kind of you know their grassroots you know how they had to you know leave india and i know india at that time was a very it's a tough time to live in india at the time right yeah. and um obviously there's you know turmoil in you know lots of uh developing countries but um, yeah. just a again, a testament to, you know, that immigrant mentality of, you know, moving to a different country, working hard and then providing your family with everything. For sure. My, uh, I'm sure Kent will talk about his dad in, in the segment, but my dad did the same thing, came here with literally nothing in his pocket, you know, sitting on the steps of city hall, eating his sandwich and a quart of milk, wondering what, you know, where life was going to take him. Um, no, it's funny because in our in our family, it's like you're supposed to do better than your parents. I can't beat my dad. He came here with nothing. If I went anywhere with nothing, I, I wouldn't be able to do what he did. So definitely hats off to our parents. So mm -hmm. did, your, did your parents, Lolly, have a favorite? Well, this is a silly question because you grew up in Edmonton, but I'll ask anyways. Did your parents <laughs> have a favorite player or team growing up? Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> my dad's favorite team was the Edmonton Oilers and still is. And his uh, favorite hockey player was Wayne Gretzky. And and I, I would have to say, um, yeah, yeah, I would have to say, when Gretzky's part of the reason why I started playing, um, uh, it's just because of the hype and, you know, the 1980s, early 80s, yeah. all the 80s in, in, in Edmonton, right? Um, it, it, it opened doors for a lot of different uh, ethnic minorities to just learn about the game, right? And fortunate enough, I was able to play it. Well, Ali, I got to ask you this question. So your, your dad's favorite player was Gretzky. How did he take it when he got shipped out to L.A.? I, uh, from what I hear, he was pretty devastated. I think all of Edmonton was pretty devastated. I mean, uh, Gretz was, uh, you know, he's an icon here, right? And uh, 
he always tells me stories of you know when he got married like I, I don't know if this is a rumor or if it's a myth but like Gretzky paid for a bunch of bars downtown and his open bar for uh people in Edmonton to have drinks on his wedding day like obviously Gretz loves the city still does right and uh it's definitely you know those are like um he's the goat right I mean at the end of the day he is the goat of hockey um and you know that 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 permanent you know fingerprint he's you know he basically put Edmonton on the map I, I'd have to say for sure right and uh so yeah like I mean he was that was probably devastated but um hey hockey's a business right so that's always you know that's always how it goes i was devastated i was, okay so for the record i'm a leafs fan but i was also a gretzky fan and i remember my mom I, I this memory still taunts me to this day i remember walking down i just come from the corner store buying a pack of hockey cards or something and my mom's out on the front step but she's yelling at me he's like You'll never guess what happened. I'm like, what happened? Like, Wayne Gretzky got traded, and I started crying right there. I just, well, yeah. I was, I was young though, man. Yeah, really and you know what? Another person that might have cried is actually Daps because Daps' favorite hockey player is also <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, Daps, you cry? I think for me it was uh, my parents were very devastated. My mom is not a typical East Indian mom. She loves hockey. She's got. Uh, She's right now rooting for the Oilers playing Minnesota at seven and the game started and uh, she called her here just to get the call out of the way so she can watch McDavid. So when my mom found out, she was, we didn't think that was possible that a player could get traded that, you know, back then. Now, you know, you see LeBron James going from Cleveland yeah. to, Miami mm -hmm. to LA and who knows where he might end up. But yeah, we, you know, when you're young and I think we're all the same age except for Lully, where, uh, I uh, just doing a guesstimation there, um, but uh, I think it, it, it hit you really hard because here you are replicating. I I I was Wayne Gretzky in so many street hockey games in the mm -hmm. basement in the backyard. I wore Warriors jersey tucked in. Um, you know the, the way I played. I was I was a very uh, you know playmaker, uh, offensive player. So when I was younger, I scored a lot of goals. So a lot of people. Kind of target you know would state me as the brown gretzky or you know i would score a bunch of goals in a game so i i you know i took that to heart and you know never thought a player of that magnitude would be traded and it, and it took a, a long time for me to understand that like why you got traded and even till the point where you're in your 20s you're like now you realize once i started playing in the states how who's a business spoke contracts and what's happening behind the scenes with the owners and you know how teams are making money and all that but when you when you look back at it Gretzky being traded really helped out hockey uh, because mm -hmm. the city that he went to you know uh, non-hockey traditional environment and how many hockey players are now coming out of the California state if you will or even the U.S. I think that was a big step and now you look at it and you really appreciate that that Gretzky went yep. or single-handedly, if you will, you know, did something that a lot of athletes couldn't do, and especially yep. a Canadian athlete born in a small town. So, did I cry? I, I probably, I probably did, and I. Now I'm like, now what? Right now, who's my favorite team? But the Oilers ended up winning the Stanley Cup again. You know, like, okay, you know, you, you realize how the depth of that team was, and how Mark Messier took over, and Yeri Curry, and Anderson, and the other players. And that's where my dad came in and he's like gretzky was a great player he had a lot of and a great players need great players with him and the reason why they won the stanley cup he was telling me was because gretzky's influence 
and then other people had to step up. So there's a lot of things you learn from a trade. Um, you know, when you're a kid, you don't understand it, but as you move along and you have the right people to kind of walk you through that, it, it's it's a better situation. That is so true. That is true. It's a good way to, to summarize that. I'm glad that your mom's not your traditional mom and she's totally into it. Like, I'll be honest with you, the Leafs game is on and I have it in the corner. So it's just uh, if I look over to the side, I'm checking out the score. Hey, um, hey, can I interrupt you for one second? How about we tag team our questions so that we don't, neither of our guests are sitting for too long. So I'm going to yeah. take a question on Dampy here. So can you share with, share with us your upbringing and was it slightly bit different as you grew up in BC? Yeah, I grew up in a small town in BC, just on the Alberta BC border, a mining town of 3,500 people. Um, oh, mining town as well. Cool. Yeah, it was a coal mining open pit, so it wasn't underground or anything. And my dad went to the Paw in the Man Manitoba area. He was in Saskatchewan, and it was other mills, nickel mines, or mines like or lumber lumber mills, right? So it wasn't, you know, he didn't do the taxis or. The convenience stores you know the the typical uh indian i guess per, first profession if you will he really went into the mines and uh and he ended up in port alberni at one point and then he heard about sparwood and that's where he ended up and we had about 65 Punjabi families there and ethnic families was like collectively about 65 families so it wasn't a place where there's just the broader family it, and a few others it was just, there was a bunch of us and we ended up living in the townhomes. It was like a small little community right in the middle, right in front of a school. And it was, you know, we call it the hood now because, you know, after watching movies and stuff, but everybody, like it was the Badisha family. It was the sure. family. It was a Sandu family, Sandu family, Brar family. Like, and and that's where kind of like I realized as a youngster, like there's so many of, of me out there. And, and I remember the level of hockey started growing because – they were playing street hockey and it was just not just the brown kids it was, it was a bunch of white kids too but there was predominantly brown kids playing street hockey and i was younger then i was only four years old and i was watching and i just asked my dad i think maybe he's seen it he was an athlete back in india and he bought me a plastic stick he had a pink blade yellow strapped black butt end plastic uh, uh, plastic puck and there was a milk crate downstairs and we didn't have a developed basement it was just a small little basement and i was just replicate what those players were doing outside and uh and realize afterwards that someone played ice hockey and and there and i was lucky to have like five or uh, five east indian guys that were four to five years older than me and some a year to two years older than me that were playing ice hockey and so then they when i would be watching where i ended up kind of playing a little bit then the parents were like hey why don't you put damping hockey and my parents were like no, we like uh, Stampede Wrestling, which is like the WWE-style wrestling. That was their favorite sport um, hmm. when we moved to Canada. So they loved that. And and then, yeah, and I ended up, uh, you know, uh, getting taught by one of my friends. He actually ended up passing away earlier this year. Um, but he was, uh, I think, five years older than me, and he, he took me out to public skating. And I don't know where he found the skates. I And I remember going down there, and I think it was in the springtime age. Uh, when the ice was about to be taken out and and i think i learned about he, he said about five to ten minutes he gave me a chair then he pushed it away and he goes you just had balance and you just knew what to do and and that started my journey into playing hockey in the in the fall so awesome yeah. nice so um since we're doing the tag team this actually worked better because i don't want either of you to feel bored or uh, not enough questions and we have mm -hmm. lots of 
So you you both have painted a picture of what it was like to be young. Of course, this is a show that you know predominantly focuses on collectibles. We're not going to be doing much of that today. But I want to ask you both a question. Did you both collect hockey cards as a young kid? I I did, and I wrecked them all. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and it wasn't putting in bike spokes. But that was not my thing. My thing was like it was like my son does that too. Now he loves action figures, even though he's like grade eight. He he likes. Thinking out like he has, uh, I think we spent over, uh, and this is a moderate number, about three grand worth of WWE stuff. And <laughs> now, my, you know, I had a family member say, hey, you know, he's getting older, you know, he doesn't need it, but he creates these stories and he creates this, the matches, and then he and then he assembles his action figures and records them about what their favorite moves are or their finishing moves and, and all that kind of stuff. And one of my other buddies who's my age, a year younger, he goes, how does he know what to do? Like, and... And so when I was younger, I'd use a hockey card. So I'd grab five of the Oilers cards and then five of the Flame cards and five of the Quebec Nordique cards and Montreal Canadiens. And I just hated myself when I said the Quebec Nordiques, right? So it's okay. Um, I, I'm your age. Yeah. So yeah, I'm more than 76. So uh, yeah, and, and I would and I have marble and you know those tabletop playoff. Uh, yes. Yep. So I take the nets off and I would play hockey with them and. There's a Gretzky rookie card that I probably demolished. Um, and my parents loved it. They thought it was cool. They would hear me go, Gretzky to pass to Curry, and then intercepted by Paul Reinhardt, right? Like, you know, and I would love the play-by-play. And I kind of do play-by-play sometimes at time, you know, like when I was younger. And and I just, I wrecked the cards. And, uh, <laughs> and then you hear about this whole industry where Gretzky, I probably, I, I guarantee you had a Gretzky rookie card. I guarantee you had bunch of cards that would be worth a lot of money but my parents were scared you play with them and that made you made you more interested in hockey but i go i could have been a millionaire right now right so uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah everybody collects cards i think i collected cards to up to about grade 10 and uh and then you know your focus level was just playing and stuff and uh, and i was not much of a collector i had a lot of friends that were collectors i was more of a player like i wanted to do something interactive all the time if yeah. i even now if i i will i think i was airing on my son's gear and then we have an undeveloped basement it's got a huge area where four adults could play and i started shooting the little ball around in the small nets uh, just earlier i was playing with my little nephew who's seven and my son who's 13 and playing two on one downstairs and that was my thing. it was to be interactive and i couldn't sit still and so if I <laughs> hockey would be going on the background and I'd be wrecking those cards. Uh, you guys probably would be like, "What are you doing? You should have grabbed the different cards and and then play with." But that, that that was my my interest in the cards. So. Oh no, I I wrecked them too. I bought them back later because I never never left. But Lally, what about you? Um, I, so just like I guess the the years leading up to me playing hockey, like I remember I would collect everything, like cards. I would like take newspaper articles and like put them on my wall and. <laughs> Like I was a hockey fanatic. I think the the, the the reason why I kind of gravitated towards hockey wasn't even to play as like a forward. I wanted to be a goalie because of the artwork on the uh, the goalie mask really intrigued yeah. me. The style oh, yeah. of the goalie. Uh, Cujo was one of my favorites, and he played here in Edmonton. And yeah. I still remember going to West Edmonton Mall, uh, waiting in line for his uh, for his uh, autograph. Yeah. And like I just love that aspect of hockey. But obviously, it's very similar to that. It's like when you grow older and start playing, you know, high levels. You kind of, you know, drop, you know, stop collecting as much, and you know, you focus more on kind of the 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 sport, of, you know, the actual sport. But uh, yeah, I used to collect quite a few things. Like anytime I got get my hands on, you know, even like later, 
uh, even playing AAA, like Tim Hortons uh, or the McDonald's hockey sticks. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'd still like go in, so grab them. Uh, I think there was an Ovechkin one. Ovechkin was my favorite player growing up, so um, anything goalie related would be pretty sweet. But yeah, as you grow older, kind of stop collecting. But uh, something that you know that kind of got me into hockey, right? And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, me just like uh, just saying like, hey, like I just want to play hockey. It was like, wow, these goalies are pretty cool, right? I mean, uh, just their style. I think the style that's something that kind of stuck with me too. Right. As a hockey player, like style was a certain uh, certain way. Right. You think like, I had to my this uh, the tongues on skate have to do a flop outside. Right. <laughs> Just like Ovechkin. Right. So or tuck in your jersey like Gretzky. Right. That's what my dad taught me. Um, my my memory was like that. Wendell Clark was my hero. Like I grew up a Leaf fan. So Wendell Clark was the guy I wanted to be. And there was a way he used to sit on the bench. He would hunch forward and kind of be off to the side. I would do that. I was yeah. nowhere near as good as him, but he was the guy I wanted to be. My dad wanted me to be Gretzky. Well, well, look how that turned out. Um, so I got a couple questions. I just want to make sure. So name was he? Used to, he moved from Edmonton two years ago. Lived there for eighteen years. Chris Wu says you have the best hair. I have to agree, Damps. Your hair looks impeccable. And every picture I've seen, it's never out of place, even now. So I don't know how you do it. I don't the have flow much. Flow is good. The flow it's really good flow. <laughs> or is it the lettuce? Anyway, we'll save that for another time. Um, what college did you play at, Lally? Uh, so I, I didn't even. I, I actually tried out for the McEwen Griffins. Uh, 20, 2011 is when I tried out for them. Um, and that was after, you know, a lot of BS in hockey. Like, I mean, it was just basically my last little kick at the can. So the McEwen Griffins is who I tried out for. Uh, the coach offered, you know, there was a spot available on the team for me. But the yeah. scholarship didn't make any sense. It's like $500 scholarship. And oh, going through a yeah. science degree with five courses yeah. and a, like three, four labs, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think it's time to focus more on the academics. So I kind of just stopped playing there, but like not little competitively, but I still play with, you know, all my friends. Yeah. All my sure. friends are from hockey too, right? So mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, catching up over the summer or uh, playing at the ODR or playing men's league, like we still, I still keep up with it. Um, but yeah, that was the last time I played competitively was with the, the Griffins. Okay, so the name, there's the answer to that. And then Eric says, he loved that Gretzky got traded. The Oilers had just beat the Bruins in the finals. I thought it was end of dynasty. We would win the following year. Two later again, they beat us Gretzky list. Yes. Um, for the record, Eric, I hate the Bruins. My dad's favorite team when he came to Canada was the Bruins because of the color. He hated red, so he wouldn't follow Montreal. But every time the Leafs would play the Bruins, he would. Oh, I didn't want to talk about it. It's just uncomfortable. Um, let me just get back to my questions here. So, Kent, I think you're up next. Sure, and I'll, I'll pose the question to, to both of you, and I'll start with Dampy first. Do you have a favorite memory or memories uh, related to your parents and and how you, how hockey influenced your your as you grew up with influence with hockey? I think uh, for me, it, it's not just one memory. It's uh, I think it was just seeing how uh, they went from just throwing me into hockey and to them, you know, even now. Uh, watching my kids play hockey that whole progression like my like tomorrow my son's got a game you know, five minutes away from my uh, parents house and we have everything organized for after school i have a, a hawk private hockey session that i'm doing uh, <laughs> meet your dad to me sir <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but uh, it was just like you know how my mom was emotional when my son played his first quadrant hockey game oh awesome 15. i think that's where i think i can lead to is that you know for them it was almost like you watch your son they put, they put their kid in hockey watch your son son excel supported him kind of they had to because it's what parents do right right they got involved i remember my dad he was the mind shut down for a year and i was playing junior b i was only 16 i was assistant captain and my dad asked the coach and it was a father that was coaching the junior b team and, and his son was on the team he goes paul can i come on the road trip my dad came on it was a, we only had one or two road trips a year right because it was we we're a small market team we didn't sure. have and I remember we we're playing in um, uh, I can't remember now uh, somewhere in interior BC, and the fans were throwing stuff at us. And it, one of the pop cans must have hit me as I was walking off. And my dad was carrying sticks, and he looked at him with just that. He goes, "Oh yeah," and he swore. And that's the first time I heard the f word. And just the way he was, he's like, he grabs me, pushes me into the tunnel area. So I could go through and I watched his eyes and just just to see him uh, protect me. Um, you know, he, you know, I went from being told I didn't play a good game and and just the way how my dad was and how protective he was over me. And now progressing to my kids, they come to their practices. They come to their my, my daughter plays in a development league where if she plays a lot of three on three, four on four, they'll come to that. My dad will go, oh, OK, it's all the way down there. Yeah, we'll see. And then he'll be there. Uh, game time. And, and like my mom, like she's got food ready, the, uh, the food menu ready for tomorrow because my son has to be there an hour before the game. I have a private session. So we're working. And just to she called three times already, like, what do I want to eat? And, and this is all related to hockey. And this is how she was before. So both my parents, I can't put one memory uh, for the fact that they're very proud of obviously me playing hockey, but now the grandkids, you just see even a different, see, they see them in a different light. They actually see a younger version of me when they see my son, how he gets dressed up for games and how he, he's out there and, and they're out there. So you know, one, one memory wouldn't be, wouldn't do justice. And it's just the, the appreciation that as parents and grandparents, uh, how much, uh, love they have for the game and how much love they have for us playing the game and when I say us it's cool it's my daughter my son and myself right and and just to end off is like I play ball hockey still uh, play at the Div 1 level and and my parents are there at all my playoff games they'll come to they came to the national games and they were there on like they're not parents they don't come on time they come on time and they watch everything and, and I'm driving home and my dad's giving me insight of how the team could be better and so you know, you you can't have that support, and you know, not a lot of East Indian families do that. You know, we're the I would say one less than one percent to have my parents at the age of forty five come to a lot of my ball hockey games. Even regular they come out there. Yeah, they're retired, but they could do other things. But they make it a point both parents to come to my games. Yeah, I can relate to like uh, my parents used to come watch my games. Um, I'm coaching my kids right now. I lead help them with the practices. I'm on the ice <laughs> with them. I have never felt so alive as I've felt with being up with my kids uh, on the ice and uh, my whole family supports them. I never quite had that because my dad loved hockey, but he couldn't play, right? There's only so much he could do. Um, again, he wanted me to be Wayne Gretzky. I quite do what he did, but I, I think I scored eight goals my entire hockey career, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, 
Lally, tell us a little bit about your your side with your 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 parents. Yeah, um, my dad was uh, the reason why I started playing hockey. Uh, he had such a big passion for the game. Um, just memories of him that are, you know, the guy that, you know, woke up early in the morning, those practices, grab coffee, no matter what it was, he was always there. Uh, pushing me into, you know, at least, a, you know, going to public skating was a big thing for us. And I think that's the reason why, you know, skating was a big aspect of, you know, who I became as a player, right? And I remember just... I think it'd be like at least five, six, seven times. I did seven days a week. Sometimes we'd go find free public skating around Edmonton. Because, I mean, the only way to access ice, you know, it's pretty, it was very expensive to book it, right? And, you know, after practice and, you know, minor hockey, we'd find that free ice sessions, you know, through public skating. And I wouldn't have any equipment on, but I would just be skating laps, right? And just working on, you know, my skating skills and just, him always just being there, right? And just regardless of, you know, the ups and the downs, uh, incidents that happen early on, um, AAA, like yelling at the coaches. Uh, he was one of those, uh, I'd say he was not, I wouldn't say crazy hockey act because he knew something was up, right? Uh, he knew that his son was being mistreated. Um, and again, um, it was, it was more, I wish we kind of had someone kind of who's been through it. Right. I think that was like the key thing that was missing. Right. Especially with uh, my dad and I, you know, someone there to just say like, hey, you know, through the hard times, you got to, you know, you got to put your head down. You got to grind through it. Right. But it just got so bad. Like, I mean, I, I would go to practices and, you know, he would be the only one standing on the corner. None of the parents would talk to him. Right. And those are images I have, you know, from or as a kid, like as an eight, eight, nine year old. So, I mean, when I think about, you know, my dad and his influence, you know, in my hockey career, and I would have to say if it wasn't for him, I would have probably quit right away. Um, there was no reason for me to kind of continue on with hockey after the stuff that I felt, but he was always a big supporter. Uh, I will always remember, you know, the first time we went to grab equipment, we didn't have a whole lot. So we go to the, we went to a garage sale here in Castle Downs, uh, Edmonton, North side, uh, you know, found a helmet, found some skates that fit me, gloves, stick. And I will forever remember, you know, him taking me to Castle Downs Outdoor Rink. And that's where, that's where I learned how to skate, right? So those are the memories that, you know, that will always be with me. That's awesome. I still have my Titan hockey stick from when I was a kid. Those sticks were, yeah. would not bend. They were built like steel. No. Yeah. I try to use those composite sticks on the ice for the local for the local hockey leagues. And I'm like, it's just too light. I got to go back to the the, uh, the sticks. Um, and what's interesting in the stories that you tell, Dampy and Lally, shows the experience of being a South Asian person growing up in Canada, trying to trying to do the things you love by the in the sport. Right, You're, you want to do it, and you get prevented in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I can definitely relate to your story. I'm sure Kent, in a minute, I'll give you a chance to speak, but. Uh, I was bullied, bullied quite a lot as a kid. So I'm hearing impaired plus uh, a South Asian kid in a small town. wasn't easy. Uh, so I had many, many horror stories, which I hope no one ever has to to go through. But I totally can relate. However, mine was more of a 24-7 thing, I feel. And I think you guys probably had the same thing. It's not just related on hockey, but I'm very thankful that the two of you were doing something like this. If I had a mentor, someone like you, I probably would have tried harder, done different things. But it's really weird to feel really small on the end of a bench and your coach doesn't put you on the ice. So that, mm -hmm. that's a whole, whole different uh, <clears throat> uh Kent, why don't you share us a little bit about your story? I've done a lot of talking about uh, 
you. Well, the funny thing is, um, my parents are, are immigrant parents, just like everybody else on, on the panel here. Um, what's funny is my dad is a huge hockey fan. His favorite team is the Leafs, but my mom, and Dampy, you might relate to this, my mom is a huge WWE fan. She still watches, she's in her 80s now, but she still watches religiously WWE every Monday and Friday. <laughs> and she can name all the wrestlers from back in the day, like you know, Hulk Hogan, Dino Bravo, Randy Macho Man Savage, the list goes on. She she loves WWE. She she does like hockey, don't get me wrong, but she she really gravitates towards WWE. Um so yeah, no, you know what? It's, it's, the stories are similar. You know, you, you grow up in a small town, it's mainly Caucasian. Uh hockey is like the Canadian thing to do. So um in order to feel strangely when I say this, to feel accepted or to be a part of the group, you kind of do what everybody else is doing. So you, you play the sport that everybody else is playing. Um, but to meet the point to, to you know, Lali and Debbie, despite you playing their same sport, you're still not on the equal scale of, you know, playing time or, or um, experience is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. So I can understand what that's like because, <clears throat> you know, growing up in a small town where it's mainly Caucasian people and you're just like the lone, I'll say, different person, uh, trying to mesh in with everybody else, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. So we're definitely thankful that you have both of you to to, to do this kind of work. Um, and this is actually a really good segue into the most important part of this conversation, which is talk about Apna Hockey. So mm -hmm. um, the question for both of you: What? How did you guys decide to join forces with each other? And give us a little more of that backstory. I was on Instagram because of real estate and I wasn't big on social media at Facebook, but I was like, that's good enough. Right. But my, uh, one of the lead hands in what's it called, uh, <clears throat> wanted to, me to be on Instagram because you know, it's free marketing. And, and now you realize where we come to is a lot of Instagram stuff that we do. Right. And I just seen a post after post of showcasing, and, uh, I don't know who that is. In the background, just wait, give me one second. Yeah. Yep. So, sorry, it's my cousin's uh, from Toronto. They're causing a ruckus. I told him just go watch the Leafs game or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then for me, it was just uh, going back to that question: is that um, you know? So, uh, so yeah. So with me and Lali, uh, how we got together, uh, you know, I, I seen over and over again, the post and showcase and all that kind of stuff. And I was getting, and I was like on his uh, Instagram page and then I had seen his bio and it had his number on there and it said Edmonton. And I was like, I'm going to text him on his phone and just to appreciate what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, my, my thing was to just to appreciate what he's doing. And I thought it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, uh, after I texted him, after you probably read it, about probably less than a minute later, I get a phone call and it says Lali Tour on my phone. I'm like, oh, like, okay, I'll talk to him. And then we ended up talking for probably close to an hour and we shared stories. And, and he lives in Edmonton. I live in Calgary and there's a Red Deer, which is halfway. I said, why don't we let, let us have, let's go on a date night. Let's, uh, let's meet in the middle and, and talk about things. And, uh, and yeah, and that's what we did. Uh, we met up. Uh, I think 
where we were together for three, three and a half hours, and it was good. It was uh, the synergies were there, the stories related. I had a different story, but the same. He had a different story, but the same. We talked about racial discrimination in the game, and you know, to win the award, like we never thought we can go. That was not in the plan of going and trying to win an NHL award. We were there just to be there for up hockey, like for South Asian athletes. And uh, and then, yeah, it, it just took off from there and how we got involved. And I went up to Edmonton to be part of the camps he did. And I seen so many people that look like me and him and part of this. And uh, and also, you know, the Caucasian, uh, there's a great Caucasian uh, population that was at the camp too. So me grew up in a small town. I grew up with farmer boys. I grew up with Mormons, Italians, second generation Italians. Uh, and first generation Italians, if you will, but I grew up though. So I just knew that this is going to work out. And so we just obviously kept in contact and, and started working on step one, step two, step three, and here we are. Right. So, uh, it was a good, I'm glad he called. I, I know he knew when he told me he knew of me because in Edmonton, I played a lot of ball hockey in Edmonton and for Edmonton for their team. So, and a lot of those guys played ice hockey. And so one of the big reasons why I, kind of excelled in ball hockey was my ice hockey knowledge and and just being able to to play the game and I and growing up a small town I was very athletic I played every different sport I played tennis I played basketball soccer you know every sport that you could name and so um so he kind of probably heard that my name kicking around that there's another guy that played hockey and, and stuff and it was great I was so glad that he made the call and like I said when we met you seen a lot of hurt in Lully's eyes because I got to experience pro hockey and I got to talk to teams even in the NHL, but he didn't have the opportunity. And he, there was a lot of stuff that he went through that I was like, wow, I felt bad. I felt really, you know, disappointed in the hockey system and, and disappointed in the whole, the treatment of a, of a kid, because, you know, when we talked, we talked as adults, but remember he was going through that as a kid and mm -hmm. now I'm a 13 year old kid uh, that's born here. And if he ever were to go through even a small percentage of that, I think I would be, not I would think, I know I would be stepping up and, and making sure that that doesn't go. But yeah, you, even to this day, you still hear stories about racial discrimination and all that. Mm -hmm. yep. and yeah, we, we related to a lot of things and I'm glad that, that you know, age is like, you know, we, we have a big age difference. Um, he sees me with parents now. Uh, with kids because I'm like I said I'm doing private sessions I do group sessions and I you know I coach I coach my kids as well so well, obviously not this year for my son but my daughter and all that so there's a good mix between us and he's got a good you know he puts a great presentation together like the reasons why we can actually work together so well is that he he can put together he can do the research he puts the information together and he's passionate about it. And those presentations aren't just normal presentations. And that's why the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames decided to do the first shift program. It's great to win an NHL award. That gives you a little bit more credibility. But yeah. it's also the information. And, it, it, you, you, you know, when you have Zoom calls, you can see in the eyes and the and, and their and the demeanor and and, and, it, and in the voice where we're what we want to do. And uh, but it all started with love and flame and uh, and then you know, everything just blew apart now. And, uh, and we're very happy to be where we're at. So, so you've only been at it for four years. So 2017, you said? Yeah, 2017. So <clears throat> through 2017, through COVID, and you guys have gone this far. Like, it's pretty amazing. So I spent the last 
week researching and looking up different things and you guys were like it's pretty amazing where i've seen your names pop up and opna hockey pop up did you ever imagine actually let's go ask one question before we go into the mm -hmm. other questions how does it feel not only to help each other but help the people around you how, how rewarding is it to give back to the community yeah no it's um you know what it's it's really rewarding. Like I, sometimes I get caught up. We get, I think I personally do get caught up in it. Cause like, you know, you're so focused on just uh, doing more and more giving back even more. Right. So it is sometimes tough to, you know, look back and actually reflect on what we've done. But, <clears throat> but I mean, right from the start, I think it's just that relentless passion that we, me and Dams have, right. We want to be able to get as much as possible, make sure kids don't have to have, you know, go through the, the discrepancies that we went through. Um, and it's just been right from day one, it's been nonstop. Anything we, anytime we need to collaborate, anytime we need to um, reach out to certain organizations or even just public speaking on ice stuff, social media presence is a big thing in today's age, right? And making sure the community understands that, you know, it's not just male players, you know, that are playing at high levels. There's also female hockey players earning you know, university scholarships. How do you inspire, you know, the next wave of, south asian elite athletes right it's to you know showcase these athletes that are currently playing because like when i played i played against like one south asian kid kevin Sutter, who got drafted to buffalo and this is when i was like eight or nine and and the thing is i was like who is he i never had a connection um, mm -hmm. i knew of sire gale who we've got to know really well over the past uh couple of years yeah. but i didn't know who they were there was nothing connecting us right so that's why, like, when we talk about up the hockey, like, we're not just, you know, one thing, a hockey camp or anything. We're we're a multifaceted network, right? <clears throat> that's what, you know, what we've really, that's what I'm really proud of, right? And the fact that, you know, growing up, I never had a voice, yet we've built a platform now to yeah. speak up. That's yeah. probably the most proudful thing that I find with up the hockey is that anything happens in hockey, we have a voice, right? We're standing up against, you know, stuff that shouldn't be in the game um that's probably the most proudful thing about up hockey but back to your question about you know you've done so much uh well i think it's when it's your passion it doesn't even feel like work it's never work it's yeah. something that's just it just happens right mm -hmm. so i mean that's how i kind of go with it like i mean this trip to toronto with anthony stewart we collaborate with uh hockey quality like going there is not work it's like yeah. i want to be there right i want to see these kids come together uh yeah. have these kids you know experience something me and Dams had never ever experienced which is you know have 12 of the best south asian athletes you know together in toronto for a for a one-day summit like that how how crazy is that right so um when you're looking back maybe you know maybe when i'm a little older i'll look back like wow yeah we did do a lot of stuff but when you're in the moment you just want to give as much as possible what about you dampy yeah like i just uh i just did a uh I'm part of a kids play foundation here in Calgary. We did a toy drive uh, last on Sunday. We have another one coming up on Saturday. And uh, I, I walked in, I had to, uh, there, one of the members of the kids play foundation, he said, Hey, there's an eight year old kid that needs a right-handed stick and a set of skates that are size five ish. And so there's a gentleman that lives not too far from me. And he, uh, both of his kids play high level hockey and he's got extra gear. And first thing he thought of, he goes, Dappy, uh, this gear is in the garage. Anybody needs this gear, it's free. Take it, 
I'm not putting it on Kijiji and it's high level stuff, right? And uh, I was going there and I told uh, the, one of the members, I go, you know, I might be a little bit late getting there, but uh, I got to I gotta grab the stick and the skates and, uh, and I, you know, getting that in. And that family appreciated it a lot. And and I when I walked in and I remember just, just this just was on Sunday and I see it, I seen one of the volunteers and he goes, hey, I have a cousin that wants to meet you. And I guess he's been following our page and what we do and everything on from Instagram to Facebook. And, and he's a younger generation, so more on on Instagram. And he just couldn't wait to meet me. And I sat there talking five, ten minutes. And he goes, well, I wish you were kicking around when I was playing hockey here and I knew about you because I wanted to play. And you, maybe you could have convinced my parents to play. But just the way he, it wasn't, he was more talking about how we, how I could have influenced him and, and so forth. And then you have all these volunteers that are like, oh, you're the guy, you're, you're, you're the guy from up hockey. And, and, and now we got kind of like a status too. So, um, and it was great. And, but the, I think when you're at the rink with kids that you work with that are South Asians, uh, you just see them at a different level of focus level because they've heard our stories, they've heard everything. And obviously it feels awesome to give back. My son's name is Seba, Selfless Health, and my daughter's name is Sachi, is to be truthful, so we follow that. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, before Alpha Hockey started, I was renting out the ice myself and doing free sessions for the kids because I thought that's a good thing, the good way of giving back. And it didn't matter how much money I put forward. And people are like, well, what you're doing should be worth value, money, and, and all that kind of stuff. And that just became part of Alpha Hockey about development, if you will, or, or assistance as well. So I have a lot of families that I've gone to their house to help them with the hockey equipment, went into the secondhand stores to help them properly get sized up and all that kind of stuff. So the feedback you get is great. Like, you know, it's always like 98% positive, uh, even 99% positive. It's, it's been great from families. And like I said, I'm probably more involved with the kids side of things, like more involved uh, of talking to parents. Uh, I have to make, now this reminds me, I have to call a parent tomorrow uh, that's been uh, to, trying to contact me, but it feels good. It, it does feel good. But the best part about it is that I've done different, lead ups to podcasts while I'm on Bluetooth in the car with my kids and, and setting up the questions, you know, this is what we're going to ask you and this is that and, and really rubs off on the kids as well. And that's big, you know, you know, you raise your kids how you want them to be raised. But when, let's say a parent is doing it, then it's, you know, they see it firsthand and through source. So it's a great feeling. And even the chief of police, he was out there because the toy drive that we did was in memory of Sergeant uh, Andrew Hernett that passed away at, at New Year's Eve uh, last year. And uh, we did it for him. And, and they asked me if, when my schedule was free and, and, and the chief of police was there. And I introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I'm dad. I forgot. I didn't realize he was chief of police because I just walked into this big group of people. And when he recognized my name, he was like, man, I've been following you. And, you know, just the way he talked to me and and it was just the chief of police is saying that. And, and you know, it just, just goes to about what we both have done and how we influence people. And, and it's just not me. It's a, it's, it's a support of family members, uh, close friends, uh, other hockey players, even like the secondhand store, like they'll give discounts because if I refer them over there, they're like, we love what you do and we, we love what you guys are all about. And, and they want to help out. So the support we get from is not just the South Asian community, it's all around. So it feels really good when 
parents from different backgrounds, even the Caucasian parents, right? And that's where I wanted to make a point on that is that Caucasian parents see that and they really appreciate that whole, you know, the, the direction that we're headed. Go ahead, Kent. Well, no, that's a, that's a great explanation and uh, for sharing that with us. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I have to ask you both. Um, you, you have partnerships with the Canadian NHL teams. Can you kind of tell us uh, <clears throat> what it is and how that, that works? Yeah. So uh, after Adams took home the Willie O'Ree, I think uh, I started thinking about, okay, what's next, right, for us? And uh, what's the best way to for us to make an impact, right? And we both sat together and we started talking about, you know, different ideas. And I think, like, a strategy for us was to kind of team up with the local NHL team, right? Um, obviously, we went to the Oilers first and then the Flames. <laughs> and uh, and then we started talking to uh, the, the, the people at uh, the respective organizations about, let's create these access points, you know, for ethnic minorities. It doesn't have to be just South Asians, because I know the Oilers ones filled up with a lot of minorities, um, right, right. right? And like, I know the Calgary one sold out as well, but like, let's create these access points, right? And have instructors that, you know, represent them too, right? So guys like me and Dams um, are going to be on the ice for these first shift programs. Uh, basically, a first shift program is sponsored by Bauer, Hockey Canada, NHLPA, and I believe the NHL as well, and the local NHL team. And Bauer provides a whole set of gear for $220 and you get six sessions with that. So it's low cost, low barrier to entry. Um, see if the kids like it, you know, first time skaters between the age of five to 11. Um, I think this is a great way to create an access point. So, you know, my, more minorities get into the game of hockey. Cause when I kind of look at the overall picture of the NHL, um, I always look at, you know, different, you know, like revenue, like why isn't McDavid making as much as Steph Curry? Right? There's a problem, right? I mean, yeah. The game of yeah, hockey, the game of hockey has now grown. That's the reason why, you know, McDavid is not making as much as Steph Curry, right? right. So, the, I think the best way to describe kind of our work, in, and I say this in a lot of presentations, is everything that we do is, is to grow the game of hockey, right? It's to ensure the longevity and the health of the game we love, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's the best way to put it. Because I mean, regardless of you know. Uh, we, we talk about racism, we talk about all the negativity around hockey, but at the end of the day, we just want to see more diversity in it. More diversity yes. means it's growing. If it's growing, it's going to stay, right? It's not going to disappear, right? And, you know, initiatives like the Bauer Shift have, you know, it's clearly worked here in Edmonton. We sold out, sold out with the Flames when we were in Toronto. We met up with the Toronto Brass out there. So hopefully a Upna Hockey Toronto Maple Leafs first shift is coming out to uh, the Toronto, the GTA. Uh, yeah. and, and the best part is we've grown this network and we know so many athletes, right? I've said this so many times, we have so many male athletes that we are going to get them together, right? Uh, we get some money behind this and we're going to get all these kids together. They could represent India at the Olympics and the talent is there for it. So, I mean, oh, yeah. that's one of our, that's one of our big projects, right? Like, I mean, get these kids together, let them start skating once a year, maybe even do like an exhibition game, but these athletes are all across Canada in the U S so when you do these our first shift programs, we want these athletes to come and volunteer and show these kids that, hey, the, the type of instructors that are on the ice also look like the players on the ice, right? So our goal is to set that up with uh, all the major teams across Canada. Uh, Maple Leafs are next. We're going to be talking to the Canucks pretty soon here. Uh, create these access points. 
And then the next strategy was, you know, teaming up with Anthony to kind of overlook the elite youth athletes because mm-hmm. they need attention too. Because those are the yeah. ones that, you know, that, that used to be me too, that AAA player that had no one. <clears throat> so that program with Anthony is about, you know, getting the top elite um, talent in our community, making sure they have the proper training, uh, the proper honest development, and the proper mentorship from those pro junior guys that are playing at the highest level. So yeah. it's kind of creating a cycle of success, right? Yeah. You know, you hit grassroots, you hit the elite youth, and then you basically have the pro junior guys. And we want to have, you know, the, the girls come out too, because there's quite, there's a handful of girls in our community that are playing NCAA Division One, you know, youth sports, which is basically Canadian University hockey. And there's a lot right. of girls that play in our community too. So when they come out to these camps, you know, for uh, that we're collaborating with Anthony or whether we do them, uh, you know, specifically for females, we have the network and the connections to basically all bring it together and have that proper mentorship. So, I mean, that's more on the on ice stuff. Right. And I like, that's kind of the strategy behind it is to ensure that the first, cause like, I, again, I always just bring it back. How, how would it be if, if I was going to an Edmonton Oilers up in a hockey camp as a kid, wouldn't after going to that camp, don't you think I would tell my teammates, and mm-hmm. be friends with my team. And the sure. be like, wow, you yeah. went to an older's camp? And then yeah. that's something my dad could have also talked to the parents about. And then there's like, that. it's like an integration tool for yeah. ethnic minorities to get into the game of hockey, right? So I think that's kind of our goal with the whole larger scale of things. Well, I definitely hope you guys achieve, and then you will achieve it. I don't think I hope. I already know. I can see the future, um, and it's quite bright. Um, the other, you, you brought up a lot of important things. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, hockey is an expensive sport. That's one of the things that yeah. prevented us from seeing a lot of growth. And it's not just an Asia, a South Asian community. It's a holistic problem that's trying to be solved in Canada or any, anyways, right? Um, so there is that. Um, there's also, you know, you're bringing awareness, you know, hockey is a sport we can play. So we see more South Asian kids play. And while you were talking, I was just thinking back um, to my league that I'm a part of. And it, you see, you know, there's a, there's a few South Asian families and I, I actually feel like I try harder. I'm like, Hey, I hear your sticks cut wrong. You should do this. And I'm trying to give them the encouragement to, to keep going. Cause I want to see more, more kids play. Mm-hmm. Um, like honestly, I wish you guys were around when I was younger. It, it it sucks that I'm older and I still play hockey and I'm still trying to improve myself. But uh, it, I'm glad that you're doing this for the for the, the newer generation, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, Actually, I mean, I'm going to share a couple comments if I can. Sure, go for it. Uh, so, name says Castle Downs. I used to live in Eau Claire. Yeah, I know where Eau Claire is. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Tanya says, thank you, gentlemen, for being great leaders in your community. Um, thank you, name, Tanya. Name is back. Uh, he says, really awesome to meet you guys through this platform. Amazing work. And then Tanya says, yes, girls rock. And then there's a question from name. Have you guys heard of Smudge the Blades? I have not heard of Smudge the Blades. No. Name, so you'll maybe, have to, maybe you're going to have to elaborate on that one for us. Yes, yeah. uh, I thought it might have been an Edmonton thing, but clearly we need a little more information, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go to the questions here because I know I don't want to go over an hour out of respect for you guys. You guys are quite busy, and I don't want to uh, – you guys fall asleep on us while we're, we're going live here. Uh, I'm going to pick out a couple other questions here that I thought was interesting. So, go for it. Um, 
So you talked about you know, kind of the umbrella of what you're working on. You talked a little bit of the stuff you're doing with Anthony Stewart and the Hockey Quality Camp, which is, I took a look at their website. Wow, there's a lot of high-profile uh, people on that site, but we'll save that for another conversation. But you're also doing partnerships with Alpha Esports. So tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Uh, so Alpha Tech is actually uh, um, a hockey parent in Vancouver actually introduced us to them. We thought it would be a, a unique way for, you know, the non-traditional athlete to kind of get to the game, right? Yeah. Uh, more of the gamers, I think uh, esports is a big thing and, you know, it's becoming a massive thing in, in, in sure. our world now. And uh, so we hosted a couple tournaments uh, on the Alpha Tech um, esports platform. I know they're doing some stuff, uh, I think, with larger companies. They've, they've done stuff with Whitecaps, uh, I think some yeah. NHL teams. And they're like, you know, let's do something for, you know, with Upnock in our community, right? Because it doesn't have to, like, at the end of the day, like, you don't necessarily have to even play the game of hockey to really respect it and love, fall in love with it, right? Um, and esports is a great way for, you know, kids to interact, uh, you know, go, you know, play in tournaments that, you know, have hockey prizes. I know there was, like, some cash prizes and, like, you know, NHL 22, Xbox, or PS5 games. Um, and then, like, the goal is, like, we hope these kids look at our platform with our you know, Brad and say, hey, let's go try out the actual thing, right? I mean, that is the end goal. We want them to, you know, play hockey, sure. uh, enjoy the sport at the end of the day and have fun with it, right? Whether it be competitively or for fun, uh, we hope, you know, they uh, can reach out to us, right? Um, anytime they need, you know, hockey equipment or whatever. Last year, I know around this time, Bauer donated 800 pieces of equipment to us and we, we sent them to Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. I think I would, some pieces out to Montreal and uh, Winnipeg too again, to grow the game. I think right. that's probably the best way to summarize what we do is we're trying to grow the game, right? Because I think this game needs to grow. Um, it's exciting. Uh, there's a lot of potential in this, right? And I think we just got to, you know, we got to get rid of the old boys club and, you know, get the get the fun, yeah. fun rolling. <laughs> but I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. I mean, I wish I had more time. Kent and I both wish we had more time to ask more questions. We'll probably have you guys back again. Oh, no, we will have you guys back again. For sure. But I want to... Want to just you know mention a couple of things. One is you you get to see for the general public you're trying to raise awareness in different ways, not just on the ice but off the ice with the NHL with gaming. You're trying really hard to do this, and I can see like it's 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 you can see the passion in both your eyes. Um, the one thing I want to bring out so Willie O'Ray is a hero of mine. Uh, so it's Herb Carnegie and a fair other players like that. Uh, so Dampy, this is old news, but not for everyone in our audience, but. You're, you were nominated and won the Willie O'Ree Community Award, which I was amazingly, I, I couldn't believe when I read it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, tell us about how does it feel to be recognized for that? And and how do you feel about it overall? Well, I think you know, like going back to it, it, you know, you don't, you know, uh, when we started this, there was no thought process of winning award or being recognized we sure. thought we just go on our way and I remember Lali sent me a link and he said uh maybe in both three or four years uh you know we might be fit for this award but let's do it anyway so I sent it to my wife and about four or five other people that that I by that know exactly what we do so you have 300 words to to put forward a nomination and and we did it and I remember uh, I was downstairs and my parent, my kids, and my wife were upstairs uh, because they used my wife's uh, nomination. She was getting the emails and 
and she, they came running down. They're like, you're in, you're in the semifinals list. And I'm like, for, for what? Like, you know, I was just <laughs> doing what I do best is just lie there. And, and I was watching something on TV and, and they're like for the, uh, Willie O'Ree. And I'm like, Oh, and right away, uh, I reached for my phone and called Ali. I go semifinals. I had no details besides that. Right. So, and then, uh, you know, and then, you know, I kept Lali updated because, you know, I, it's an individual word, but I've always been that type of person that it takes a team to win things, right? We all know that. And it's not, a, it's a cliche that you'll hear from every athlete, but it ain't even what we do. And then, um, and he was asking questions. I'm like, Hey, I just, just barely heard the news and I'm just letting him know. And then he goes, Oh, this is good. And how many semifinals are there? I'm like, I have no clue. Right. And it happened to be about 10. And then I, we got another email around in April stating that we're in top five. And then I was like, whoa, this is getting more real. And then in June, I was up in Edmonton. Uh, I, I did meet up with Lali there too. And uh, I was there for a family situation. And uh, and my wife knew that I was picked top three. It was three weeks. And my daughter knew as well because she was on the call. And, uh, and I have to give it to my wife because uh, she had to come up with videos and all what we've done, you know, like up in hockey, not just what I've done. And I think what really helped out in some aspects is was the girls ice hockey team came down to Canada and I was there in BC. Lolly couldn't make it then, but Lolly was there in Calgary. He, he stayed with me and we were behind the bench helping out the girls. They got to see, you know, a, a little bit of who we were. And then it just ironically that year, my wife was doing a Punjabi movie uh, shooting in India. And then we had a bunch of weddings because the wedding season is during the winter time in India. And I took the kids there in January and made it a, made a point to, Go to Ladakh, the Himalayas, for four, for four uh, days, for four nights, and got to see their hockey programming and got to see the girls again. And and with all that, um, you know, uh, you know, fast forwarding to the top three, I think they've seen what we've done. They've seen that we just don't, you know, it's not just an Instagram page. It's we're you know we're doing camps. Lolly's setting up camps in Edmonton. And I'm he's and I'm coming up there when I could, and then vice versa in in, in Alberta. In Calgary, rather, and uh, yeah, when we're when we when I ended up getting the award, I you know the, the first person I ended up calling obviously was Lolly, right? And I was like, hey, because the the news the, the presentation was in the morning, right? The which we had to keep quiet, and Hard Ryan Singh was was on there, and I'm like, wait a minute, he's on there, <laughs> and, and it took about 20, 25 minutes because they had to ask tell Willie Reed, this is how much you have time. You guys have to come up with one minute of what you need to say. Then you, then the winner gets to speak for about a minute. And so I was like a little bit nervous. And then, yeah, you know, winning the award was great. And, you know, like I said, when I talked to Lali, I know Lali got emotional and, and cause there was a lot of stuff that we had to deal with in our hockey careers as youngsters to get to this point. Right. And mm -hmm. so all those feelings of what we now giving back. So what we endured, in our journeys, what we had experience to giving back to the community and standing up for them and, and being an advocate for diversity in hockey and inclusion and all that. And yeah, it, obviously it feels great to, to win the award. And, and then we didn't want to just have that award on the mantle. We just we wanted to, to keep going. And obviously winning the award gave us credibility and more people, mm -hmm. more organizations were reaching out and want us to be part of their programming or advice or be part of it and all that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, it was great. Uh, even like I go to the hockey rinks and I was just going to play ball hockey on Sunday night and there was a co-ed ball hockey league before me and three guys came up to me like, hey, that's awesome. We voted for you. I'm like, well, thank you. know, I was just, it was nice to see the, the support that we've gotten uh, just throughout this whole process. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I play a lot of ball hockey and, and Lali knows that and, and that, and I'm on team Canada's masters over 40 team and I had guys that I'm going to play hockey with and, you know, because of COVID it, it, it got delayed, but guys, uh, there's a gentleman up in, uh, was it a new Brunswick area, a small town nearby. And he's, he had a heart, he has a hardwood store. We had everybody voting and just to see the support I had to call him and to thank him and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we got a lot of uh, positives, uh, you know, backing of, of our communities and uh, and not just our South Asian community across across the minority level. And, uh, you know, it feels great to have something that we had to go through a lot as youngsters and now we can give back and be a, be a voice for them. So, uh, and it, it's it's a win for our communities and it's not just a win for Apnaki or myself, it's a win for our communities and uh, we're, we're going to continue to keep going strong. So. It's also a win for grassroots hockey in Canada as for well. For sure. Um, hey, me, I'm going to put Dampy on the spotlight once more. Dampy, <laughs> can you share with us your partnering with Haley Wickenheiser and what happened there? Yeah, I think, uh, well, with I knew I coached a kid here in uh, in novice and they were, they were best friends with Haley. And uh, they asked if we wanted to come out, uh, well, they asked me to come out to the fundraiser. And I was like, wait a minute, uh, we'll, we'll both come out. And I talked to Lily, I go, my partner and I will both come out. So we made a trip to Vancouver and, you know, we, we talked and to different people. I talked to Haley and I talked to Haley before that I was dropping off uh, McDonald's coupons because uh, Lali knows Niru Chappelle, who's uh, owns a bunch of McDonald's who helps with our, you know, with our hockey camps. And uh, she's, she was a big uh, fundraiser for the girls hockey team. And so, she knew Lali from before too, I believe. And uh, so we just, you know, connected there and uh, they said, Hey, the girls are going to most likely come down in, in the fall. Would you be willing to help? And, and that, that was in the end of April. And and I think it was mid June. I was in an ice hockey tournament and I get a call and they're like, Hey, the girls are going to come down. Are you guys willing to help? I'm like, I'll tell Lali right now. We'll, we'll help. And I got a chance to go to, uh, uh, to, to BC. And then when we came to Calgary, they were part of the, Haley Wickenheiser's uh, Wickfest, and she was very appreciative that you know I made the trip there to Edmonton and then or sorry to Vancouver and then Lali came down and, and like it, she was very happy. She was a member. She's running the tournament. She's all she's everywhere, and it was just a great to see her inspiration, her motivation of bringing these girls down. She was in India in January of that year and got to see everything. So she was a big uh, spark plug of this whole thing, and to be able to work with her, do what we we got to do it was great and she was she was very, very supportive of, of us being part of it and all that and uh yeah no, it was big thanks to her and big thanks to a lot of people behind the scenes that uh, made that work so that's awesome no it's interesting the hockey community is actually really small if you think about it mm -hmm. right like it's it, the six degrees of separation it's crazy because uh um and that just shows how integrated hockey is in our culture here in canada so it's uh it's like baseball for the americans and soccer overseas although that's changing a little bit everywhere um there's a couple of questions so in name said the smudge the blades he said that is uh, indigenous sorry they're an indigenous organization with similar mandates to what you're doing with apna hockey they do a okay. lot of great work across the country with indigenous youth playing hockey based out of fort saskatchewan so that's okay. what smudge the blades are 
Um, they sell apparel. They also do charity work, helping kids with equipment, registration costs, and scholarships for post-secondary education. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, Ted Nolan has the Three Nolans uh, initiative with his two sons that play in the NHL out in Ontario. Yeah. They do a yeah. wonderful job. Anthony collaborated with them. But anytime you see kind of ethnic minority groups come together and, you know, do programming and funding for, you know, the respective yeah. communities, always a positive, right? For sure. For sure. For sure. And Name is also raising awareness in his own own way, own way with his collection of NHL rookie characters <laughs> and indigenous players. So he's fairly well known there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, uh, remember Willie made the Bruins lineup while being blind in his right eye. Amazing man and amazing hockey hall of famer for sure. And only sharing being it might be a good community connection. So actually, yep. this is a good segue. Yep. So we noticed you do stuff with you know hockey equality um, and, and with Haley Wickenizer. So you're not just South Asian. You're talking about you know as a community, you're kind of branching yeah. out. So what other partnerships besides that we probably don't know of that you do work with? For example, any other Indigenous community members or other organizations that you know would people be interested in knowing? Um, so we do a lot of, uh, I know like me and Dan, we're, we're always on like different conferences talking about different, you know, uh, different problems in hockey. And like, uh, we have yet to work with an indigenous group, like up to hockey and an indigenous group. We have yet to do that, but, uh, I definitely foresee it happening in the future. Right. I think the way that up in hockey is trending and like, whether it be even like a blueprint that, you know, if indigenous groups want to be able to you know, connect with, you know, the local NHL team or create maybe a first shift. That's all indigenous, which I know the orders are doing. Um, those are different avenues that we could always just work together uh, and execute mm-hmm. on. But, uh, you know, we've been at so, so many different conferences, you know, and I meet so many different indigenous leaders in the hockey world all the time and so much respect to, you know, them and they what they had to go through with, uh, yeah. with, the, with, the, uh, with the public schools and um, just like kind of the, the sad stories of, you know, Canada's history uh, with, you know, the, the schools and, you know, um, just the, the how hockey kind of, it wasn't, it was something that they just turned to, right? Because it was so bad uh, what they went through. And, and I just have so much respect for the Indigenous, um, the Black community too. Um, I was yeah. at a conference uh, in um, at Queen's University that was hosted by Dr. Courtney Soto. Uh, and I was talking from a South Asian perspective about you know, our community and what we have to go through. And then there was black hockey players and former black hockey players that talked about, you know, racism that they felt. And then mm-hmm. the indigenous players came and talked about, you know, the, the public schools and all the trauma that they went through, right? So yeah, I think these communities, uh, uh, and this is something that, you know, Anthony is doing, is bringing these communities together, you know, under the hockey quality umbrella and just sharing these stories right having ted nolan there having you know up mm-hmm. hockey there having his own program uh and was it Stuart hockey from the gta that you know brings black athletes together right and it's about bringing these ethnic minorities communities together and making sure that you know everybody knows that hey uh the, the games that you know the the way that the hockey world is you know in the social world how it's you know negatively affecting you know certain people that it you know this type of behavior is not tolerable and, you know, there's so much opportunity in these ethnic minority communities, right, to grow the game. So at the end of the day, like, I mean, I know for a fact Upna Hockey will be collaborating soon with Indigenous, Black, um, other ethnic minority communities. Um, and it's just how we all, at the end of the day, we're, 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 we're trying to change the game of hockey. We're trying to grow the game of hockey. We're trying to ensure that it is, again, a healthy and it has longevity, right? Because at the end of the game, at the end of the day, like, 
hockey needs to grow, right? Yeah. Or, you know, sports like the MLS are going to surpass us. And I don't want that, right? <laughs> um, and the game needs to grow. So, no, in the future, we definitely see ourselves, you know, working with different groups. Yeah, now that we have the information, like, uh, yeah. we'll look up and uh, we'll reach out. And that's and we thank the person that uh, put forward the information to, yeah. to tell us about this because, uh, and that's how we got with uh, Anthony Stewart. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a person that, that Anthony Stewart was talking to. He goes, Is there a South Asian program out there that we can reach out to? And it was a quick snap of his fingers and he called and he messaged us on Instagram and, 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 <laughs> We're in fast forward, we're in Toronto doing the summit. Like it, yeah. it was a turnaround, and we're more than happy to work with other communities because uh, you know we can't be everywhere, and um, and we're very open to working with others and working yeah. with other groups. Uh, I just played ice hockey in Banff in a, you know like a beer league tournament, and the team that beat won the whole championship was an Indigenous team, and it was really good to see how good these guys were and. Yeah. Uh, I got to play in a tournament when I was 19. I was playing college hockey up in Edmonton, and I went to a reserve to play, uh, and we're playing for the host team, and it was just a great atmosphere. It was just uh, got to see how, how much the talent level, and they got to also, at the age of 19, understand the barriers and challenges that they were facing, too. Mm -hmm. So well, growing up in Sparwood, we there was a lot of reserves nearby, and uh, we'd hear about the you know some of the players that could have came out, out of there, but during you know certain situations they couldn't and and some of the things they faced and uh i think sportsnet had a had a segment on a gentleman that was a goalie that didn't get to fulfill his dreams of playing where he wanted to play because of his background so and when you hear those stories uh like i said you know indigenous or east indian or south asian or any any minority it really hits you because we went through it right and uh, yep. we want to be able to reach out to those communities and say, hey, how do we work together and how do we kind of build together? And, yeah. uh, and like Lully says it best, is like to grow the game, you have to work together. And sometimes in our community, we've seen a lot of separation. Like, uh, you know, when somebody wants to do something, there's a lot of people that want to shed, you know, uh, hate on there or, or on anything. But we go the opposite way. We want yeah. to include everybody. We want to work things out with people in a way to move in a positive direction because uh, – it's for our youth it's for our kids and uh and if we're there for them uh, then it's a better situation we want to work with like-minded people right at the end of the day and for sure i think for whoever sure. shares our passion we can tell right away and that's why i think uh, anthony stewart was a really good fit because we share very similar passions uh think the same and we understand that you know getting these kids together is it's, it's about the kids right and getting these kids together and making sure that they're well supported to you know, eventually, hopefully, make it to the to that next level. That's awesome. Um, I know we're at the hour mark, uh, over yeah. the hour mark. So I want to thank you both for actually you yeah. know, staying a little bit extra. I know it's a it's a bit of a long day for, for well for us as well. Um, <laughs> I wanted to uh, sorry before we ask the one question, I want to ask people. Sorry, can you inform people how people can get a, a hold of you? How can they yeah. help you? What how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, you can find us on social media under Facebook. It's called Afna Hockey School. Afna spelled A-P-N-A. -A. Um, our Twitter um, is actually tw – our Twitter handle is also connected to our Instagram handle. Instagram is where we do most of our work. Uh, it's at A-P-N-A -A Hockey, Afna Hockey. Uh, that's probably the best way to contact us. Uh, we are working on a new website that's going to be revamped. Uh, basically, you know, all our new initiatives, highlights of Willie That's going to be coming out pretty soon, but uh, – 
the best way to follow us is to follow the Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we're going to ask you, so Kent's going to ask you our favorite questions. We ask all of our guests at all of our shows. Um, and then uh, after that, we'll, we'll end it. And then if you two can just hang out in the back in the studio, we'll end the broadcast, just close up, and then uh, we'll be, you'll be good to go. Cool? Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Kent, so yeah. our favorite question that we ask all of our guests uh, when we reach the end of the show, and I'll start with Dampy first. What inspires you? Uh, just a smile on kids' faces when they, they enter the rink and they're on the ice um, um, and when they leave. Uh, you know you've done something right uh, for them uh, and the parents thanking you and, and wholeheartedly and, and you know, parents reaching out to you on text for, you know, working with your kids. And, and one thing that Lali and I really focus on as well is that life skills is such an important piece to mm-hmm. hockey. Uh, sports in general. Uh, uh, when you play a team sport like uh, hockey, you know you can't do it everything by yourself. You will have your good, great players. You get your amazing athletes. But um, I think what inspires me personally is just seeing these kids play a game that's has so much, in, so many intangibles that are needed in real life. Uh, the self confidence, the self esteem that sports brings forward, and, and if you're part of that, it's a great situation i can name every single one of my coaches i think from the time i started to the time i ended uh my sports career and uh my hockey career if you will and uh you know i really thank them for a lot of the advice that they gave and assistance and and if i'm talking like that and and kids are coming to our programs and if i'm working with kids one-on-one one-on-two one-on-three and they feel the same way that means you're influencing them in a positive way and uh and that inspires you to to do to keep these kids in a positive direction because they can always go in their in the wrong direction. So that's one of the one of the things that inspires me. And then, and the next one is like, you know, my kids are playing hockey now, and I I see the influences that different coaches have on them and different uh, people in the game have on them, and how they talk about them. And and if people are talking like that about myself and Lolly, when we're with the kids, then it's a positive situation. And so um, parents have been you know parents can make or break a person's career or the love of the game and and if you you know i try to uh, after sessions talk to parents and make you know I'll, i won't even take off the skates and i want to be able to talk to them and the positives of their kids so uh, we want these youth uh, our youth going into the next generation different chapters of their life to have that self-confidence and you know when i was younger i wasn't as confident and what people see me now they're like you must be like so popular you must be like this and it was i was a direct opposite if you will right i was popular because of my hockey play but when it came to as a person i really didn't like how i was i was very skinny and scrawny and and uh you know would get bugged all the time be pushed around all the time so if you can influence kids in a positive way and and, and be able to uh, you know really work on their mindset and that's that's the inspiration that that takes me to continue to do what i do so that's awesome. Uh, Lolly, over to you. Uh, I think the kid version of me inspires me. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope he's proud of me and what we do today because I know for a fact he would have loved this. And, uh, yeah, the kid version of me inspires me a lot. Um, it sucked what he went through, but I really hope he would be proud of what, what, what me and Dan's and up in hockey and what we've all accomplished. And, Again, it's just everything that Damps just said is exactly what this is turning into, right? Something that that kid will be proud of. Awesome. 
and I can say this that he would be because I know we've had <laughs> what like thousands of minutes on the phones, if not more, and uh, and to see what you know Lolly's passion is to 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 influence and to to, to different ideas that he brings forward, and and he looks. Yeah, and he looks into the eyes of his the kid that he'd be talking to. He'd be the junior lolly tour right next to him, and uh, and that's that that is probably one of the best statements that I probably heard in, in a long time. Is that uh, that? And I would say that uh, you know he would be proud because I know I'm I'm right beside you all the time, and uh, and I can say that he would. Well said. Well said. Well said. So um, I'm going to, we're going to call it a night there. If you guys just want to hang out for a quick second, we're going to end the show and then yeah. we'll talk after. Uh, I want to thank for all of the people that came to to watch and those on Instagram as well. Um, well, next week we'll have Tim from Slabstrong on. We're going just back. Just you know, a programming note, next week it's Wednesday, not Tuesday. True, true. We'll be on Wednesday. So uh, I want you all who watch this video live and are going to watch it after, please follow these two fine gentlemen. Please help support their cause. Uh, and and more importantly, keep up the positive vibes and, and spreading you know goodness in that community that we can all do this together. So I'm going to end it right there. Have a good night, folks. Have a good night, folks.